Hello, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to another episode of the Expert to Authority show. This is the show for coaches, speakers, and trainers who want to become the ultimate authority in their field, uh, growing their business, and make a difference in the world. My name is Simone Vincenzi, and I'm your host. And uh, every week, I bring you a few different episodes, sometimes where we in where I do a solo episode talking about uh, marketing, sales, and how to grow an expert business. Sometimes we have we interview clients and doing case studies and stories so you can learn from our clients and the results they're getting. And other times we have incredible guests like today. And today we're going to talk about mastering your life. And in particular, we are going to go deep into the topic of leadership, which whether you like it or not, or you want it or not, we're all leading at every given moment. So our guest today is, gonna, is a leadership expert, and we're going to go deeper on this topic. But before I introduce uh, our guest, I want to remind you about a couple of things. So if you're new to the podcast, make sure you subscribe so you don't miss any other episodes. And then uh, if you haven't uh, downloaded yet our webinar conversion kit, make sure you do it now. Uh, You know that uh, webinars are a great way to attract clients and sell your programs, your services, your courses. But uh, if webinars have not been working for you so far, or maybe you're struggling to fill them up or you're struggling to convert at the end, then it might be something that you can do about it. And that's why we have created our webinar conversion kit is uh, all you need to create a webinar that converts, that delivers incredible value and also makes sales. So check it out. It's only $30. It's less than $30 actually for the moment. And the website is webinarconversionkit.com. So check it out at webinarconversionkit.com or scroll down and you will see the link in the show notes. If you are on the show or if you are watching on YouTube and other social media platforms, then you will find the link in the comments. Having said that, it is time to get started and introduce our incredible guest today, which is a, a really good friend. And we, we've been part of a, of a, a similar master, of the same mastermind group for about a year or so. And uh, we were working together, keeping each other accountable. And through this process, I got to, to, know, him, to know him personally. And uh, is, uh, what I can say is that if you're thinking about leadership and managing your life and mastering your life, is the embodiment of this concept. Let me tell you something a bit more about him. He's an expert in human behavior intelligence. He's a two times, not once, two times, martial arts Hall of Fame inductee. He's a best-selling author, an international speaker, coach, and trainer, and also has been a 2021, 2021 recipient of the Presidential Lifetime Achievement Award which is given by the President of the United States. So without further ado, welcome, my good friend, John Terry. John, Simone, I am so glad to be here. I've been looking forward to this. Thanks for the opportunity to share with your audience. Uh, we, we did, uh, it's a pleasure to, to have you on this show. We did the, the interview for your podcast uh, a, a couple of weeks ago. And um, now it is time to, we got to know each other. What I loved about it is that we got to know each other on a different level that compared to our accountability calls that we were doing. And I cannot wait to, to dig a bit deeper into your life and how you got to, to master as well. Um, uh, the topic of leadership and uh, life mastery, which uh, you know we, we know life is a continuous evolving journey. It's definitely probably one of the most difficult things to master. So I want to start with this for you. What does life mastery mean to you? What does mastering your life mean to you? 
Well, you said it earlier when you were opening the show, whether we like it or not, everybody is leading someone somewhere right now. The question you and I have to answer every single day when we get up in the morning and we look in the mirror is how well are we leading ourselves? Because if we're not leading ourselves well and we're not making good choices, we're not being effective in leading other people. So for me, life mastery is really very simple. It's learning to make the choices necessary to have the outcome in life that I desire to achieve my full potential and the success that I'm capable of achieving. Wow. And how did you get started? Uh, you just woke up one day. <laughs> you're like, hmm, want to study life mastery. Like, where, where did those, the passion started for you? Well, it really started from two places. Uh, my dad was, was a prolific reader and he loved reading. And when I was around 12 years old, dad handed me two books, Think and Grow Rich by Napoleon Hill and Developing the Leader Within You by Dr. John C. Maxwell. And he said, if you read these books and you'll write me a report on each of those books, I'll pay you some money. Well, I loved money, you know, and getting paid to read and write a report. I'm like, yeah. So as I started reading and digging into these books, I found something I could get very passionate about. And that was developing myself to become a better version of myself. Fast forward a couple of years later, my parents relocated from a big city to a small town Dad was taking a new job, and I was told I was going to go from being a big city nobody to a small town somebody, and I did. I became the target of every bully in school. So after a couple of weeks of getting bullied, Dad put me into a martial arts school. I was the only kid in the school. Uh, my saving grace, I thought, was the beautiful 23-year-old girl that was my partner, only to find out that uh, she was there to learn to defend herself from an abusive relationship she'd been in. So my dad was paying good money for me to get beat up by a girl three nights a week. But when I learned to fight like a girl, the bullying stopped. But one of the things I appreciated about that instructor was he not only taught us the self-defense aspects of martial arts, he taught us to understand it's all about learning to lead ourselves well, to be men and women of good character, and to learn to value other people and to walk as a person of integrity in our everyday lives. And as a result of that, in the books my dad continued to give me, and I developed my own passion for learning and reading, that to me became a quest and a perpetual journey to every day become a better version of myself. And it really goes back to, again, the martial arts, because most people think a black belt, you've arrived. A black belt in traditional martial arts yeah. was the symbol that you were a serious student, that you were not a master, but only when they gave you the black belt had you earned the respect and trust of the instructor, and only then did the real teaching begin. So the black belt was not a sign you'd have arrived. It was a sign, I'm serious. I've shown myself to be worthy. I've shown myself to be trustworthy. And now I'm on the perpetual lifetime journey to continue to learn everything I can about the martial arts. And leadership's no different. That's, that's fascinating. Uh, I'm new to the martial art world. So I've got a few questions. I would love to start focusing the first part of the interview on the, the, the martial arts uh, lessons that you got from martial arts how can we apply them as well in a day-to-day -day life because um, you know day-to-day -day life is is not a gym or is it i don't know we're gonna we're gonna explore that but the first question that i have is uh, what was the first thing about martial art apart other than the need and the necessity of you defending yourself that attracted you to start the path and to continue the path 
Well, you know, when I got started in the martial arts, I was excited because at that time in my life, uh, the Green Hornet was on television. Bruce Lee was Cato. Well, who mm. didn't want to be Bruce Lee? You know, and at the same time, you had this this Kwai Chang Kang character that came out of the TV series Kung Fu that mm-hmm. Bruce Lee actually developed for television, but was told he couldn't be the lead character because America wasn't ready for a Chinese actor at that point. Mm-hmm. But those two individuals, I mean, who didn't want to be Kwai Chang Kang? Who didn't want to kick everybody's butt, you know, when you walk mm-hmm. around town? Those things were exciting to me. But one of the things I learned early on from my instructor and subsequent instructors is that the journey of the martial arts is not just a journey of learning to fight, learning to defend yourself. It's a journey of discovery, of looking within yourself and discovering the potential that is within each and every one of us and learning to deploy that to make a difference. Because to me, the martial arts is not something you do. The martial arts is something you are, and it's something you become. And that is a person that has the ability to walk with a quiet confidence Knowing your skill set, knowing what you've been put on this earth to do and continually training to get better and better at that so that as you have an opportunity to serve others and add value to them, you do so with Black Belt Excellence. It, it gets me thinking uh, immediately of the powers in business because I know that you do a lot of work in, in the world of leadership, in particular in the business world. And uh, there are two concepts that I would love you to expand on, which uh, entrepreneurs could embrace. One is uh, the lifelong journey in terms of learning. The fact that the black, the black belt, it doesn't mean, and this is something I didn't know, ignorance around the martial art world. I thought like black belt is when, you know, when you arrive, like you're there. No, is when you are the best, like you now are ready to learn. It's like, you're a great student, which, right. which is the first topic I would love you to expand on. And then uh, uh, the other part is uh, around the, uh, yeah, the, the continuous journey, the continuous development. So if you can expand on these two topics, that would be great. Sure. You know, I think back to the McDonald's brothers to give you a very good example. Mm. Yeah, if you travel around the world and as I've had an opportunity to travel, it doesn't matter where I'm at in the world. If I see the golden arches, I know the, I know I'm going to get a greasy hamburger that may not be good for me, but at the moment it feels good when you, you've been in, in Zambia or you've been in, in Cameroon or you've been in Guatemala and uh, you've been eating the local food and sometimes wondering what you're eating, being able just to eat some good old American food at times is just really nice. But the McDonald brothers created this innovative design of fast food delivered hot and quick, but they couldn't leverage what they had developed. They tried successfully to open other stores and it didn't work. Along came a milkshake salesman by the name of Ray Kroc. Ray Kroc saw the idea had the opportunity to present to the brothers, let me take this franchise it and I'll make you a household name. Well, some 35 billion hamburgers later, I think they're doing okay. But one of the statements Ray said that I thought was powerful and I use it often in my teaching and training was he said this, as long as you're green, you're growing. But once you're ripe, you start to rot. Mm. Now, nobody wants to work with a rotten leader. Nobody wants to work with a rotten entrepreneur. Nobody wants to work with a rotten sales professional. But sadly, here's what happens here in America, and it may happen there in Europe as well. By the time we graduate college, most individuals will never pick up and will never read another book for the rest of their lives. And as a result of that, they think they've arrived. They think they've earned their black belt. And now they don't have to learn anything more. And as a result of that, the thinking that got them to where they are now is not going to get them to where they want to go to truly achieve the success in life that they want. 
and they sell themselves too short. And I remember my dad, who was a gardener, I remember going out and watching the tomatoes grow. And when those tomatoes were connected to the vine and you watched them continue to grow, those tomatoes got bigger and plumper and bright red. But after a time, when they were ready to be picked, if you didn't pick them and those tomatoes fell to the ground, they immediately began to turn black and they began to rot and they were no good to anybody. But the thing for me in terms of a perpetual journey is this. The minute I stop learning, the minute I stop becoming a better version of myself, I can't lead the people that are following me any better than I'm leading them right now. And at some point, if those people are developing themselves and I'm not, they're going to pass me on the journey and I no longer become the leader I was put on this earth to be. I become the follower of someone else who's embraced that lifelong journey that I haven't. You know, I have five black belts in five different martial arts systems, but I still teach and train because there's always something new to learn. Same thing in life. There's always something new to learn if we're open and willing to become that better version of ourselves every day. Uh, is, um, th- that led me to, to it was another question that I had in mind, uh, which is, uh, so martial arts is a, is a really vast word. There are I don't know how many, how many disciplines, but you said that you have five, which one, which, which five do you have? Which five black belts do you have? Uh, my, my, I have a fifth degree black belt in Okinawan karate. The, one of the original systems that came from the birthplace of karate, which is Okinawa called Shorinru. Mm-hmm. I have a first degree black belt in a Kempo self-defense system. I have a first degree black belt in Japanese jujitsu. I have a full instructor certification in Jeet Kune Do, which was Bruce Lee's system. Mm-hmm. And I have a full instructor certification in the Israeli combat system of Krav Maga. I'm curious now to know which one was the most, the, the most difficult discipline to master or to achieve, let's say to achieve the black belt in. Which one is the, was the most difficult one to achieve for you? Probably the first one, because learning the basics, when you don't know what you don't know, everything's new Hmm. and you have to train your brain and rewire your brain to begin to learn to do things you haven't yet learned to do. After I got that basic skill set from training in traditional Shorinru, traditional Okinawan karate, Hmm. as I began to cross train in other systems, I could make those parallel references back. Oh, this punch is similar to this punch. This Hmm. block is similar to this block or this throw comes from this movement. And it made it easier to make the transitions because I had a knowledge base from which to work. But when I first started out, that knowledge base wasn't there. And when you don't know what you don't know, you don't know what you don't know. Absolutely. And then if I, if you are, if you're in business, for example, that's why, you know, when someone starts, it takes longer to start a business than to start to start a new one after you had the first one, because you know what to look for. That's right. But sometimes there is a process of unlearning. So I'm curious in the martial arts that you had to do and the disciplines where you had the black belt, was there some things that you had to learn and master in one discipline that you had to unlearn because they were different in another one or they were, you find them totally complementary? A little of both. Uh, because in some systems, you punch and kick a certain way. Mm. In other styles, they punch and kick differently. As an example, in one martial arts style, when they do what's called a round kick, you kick with the top of the foot. In another discipline, you don't kick with the top of the foot. You kick with the ball of the foot. So you have to pull the toes back 
as you're throwing a round kick. So learning the uniqueness of each individual style or system allowed me to learn something new that I've been able to apply in business. There's not just one right way to do something. Mm. And simply because we've done it this way our entire life doesn't mean it's the only way we can do it. And I'll give you an example. Uh, I was asked recently to go sit on a martial arts testing panel at a Taekwondo school. Well, I don't teach Taekwondo, but they wanted an outside instructor that didn't know their system to just look at the quality of what they were teaching. And after it was over, I was asked to teach a workshop for the students that were there. Now, their movements with their feet are drastically different than what we teach in the Okinawan arts. And so I had an opportunity to show these Taekwondo students some different foot movements that they had never seen before that they could then apply and use where it made sense in their system to learn to do some things that were evident in their system, but they really didn't know how to make the transition and do it. And that's the same thing in business. We learn something in one business. We go to start a second business. We now have a frame of reference. We can look back to what worked and bring that forward and apply that to what we're doing now that's unique and different. And as we blend those together, we start to find new and different ways to do things so that we create a better outcome. I've got a question popping in my mind now about mastery, because, you know, there is the, the, you know, the, the element of like jack of all trades where you can actually know a bit or even a lot about a lot of different disciplines, but never be like the, they must in this particular in in one and uh, i'm curious in the master in the martial arts world how this is seen how the the, the mastery element is seen if it is uh, you, you have uh, if it, if you have people that are just uh, you know they they go only all in one and all they can do is one martial arts but they can do it at the highest possible level or other people that can do different martial arts at a high level, but not be the top one. What, what are your, what's the, the reality in the martial arts world on this? There's some of both. You have some people that will embrace a lifestyle of learning that they're going to do one system and that's all they're ever going to do. But they can literally perform at a world-class level because they've spent the time and they've given the energy and they've devoted their life to becoming an authority figure and an expert in that one area. There are other individuals who have said, I've learned here, but I don't want to go any deeper. I want to go wider because it serves the audience I want to serve. So I think for every individual, you've got to look to see where you're going to best serve your audience. And if a broader skill set is necessary to be able to serve your customer, your client, your prospect at the level you want to versus going deep. Now, I love going deep, but I also love going wide because as much as I've learned over Shore and Rue, having trained in that system now for well over 30 years, there are, well, actually more than that now. Uh, I don't want to give away my age, but yeah, I've been doing this a long time. Uh, but the things I've learned from Shore and Rue, there are certain things in that system that I learned in doing Jeet Kune Do, that I learned in doing Krav, that I would never have learned in strictly doing Shore and Rue. The elements were there to do the exact same thing I learned in Krav, 
and I learned in Jeet Kune Do, but it was getting the different perspective of a different world-class instructor that allowed me to learn some things about my core discipline that were there. I just couldn't see them and embrace them and make those effective because I didn't have someone available to teach that to me yet. That's the, uh, yeah, that's the, that's, in, that's an interesting conversation. So what I'm hearing you saying is, uh, is up to the individual, like it's a personal choice. It Do is, you want yeah. to be and just study and master only one discipline and then become just the best of the best that you can in that given discipline? Or do you have this uh, hunger for learning and widen your horizon as well and implement different strategies and other different methodologies? Yeah. What do you think, what type of mentality or approach do you think is more useful though in the business world? Because, uh, you know, this, the same argument can be done in the business world. Pick one thing, you want to study marketing and all you do is marketing, that's it. Mm-hmm. And you become the best you can in one specific part of marketing and you become the number one in that. Is that email, email marketing, you just do email marketing and you might know other stuff, but your focus is only email marketing. Or you might decide, okay, I want to specialize in marketing, but I want to know how to do Facebook ads. I want to know how to do Google ads and I want to know how to do the TikTok and I don't know what to do organic and I want to do emails and that because that serves better my audience. So in the business world, which attitude or approach do you think is, is better? If there is one, if one is better than the other. I would put it this way, Simone, as you're thinking about, you know, the question that you posed, you need to, how do I want to say this? You need to focus on what you do best, but you need to be aware of the rest of what's out there. Because if you don't know what else is out there, one of the reasons I went from Shore and Rue to begin to train in other systems was I knew that even though there were hundreds of martial arts systems, there's only so many ways the human body can aesthetically can move. But looking to see the idiosyncrasies of that allowed me to see things in my own system I couldn't otherwise see. But everything I trained in was specifically around my passion and my desire to become a very good self-defense practitioner. And so as I was expanding and working with different mentors, if you want to call a grandmaster a mentor, Mm -hmm. I was learning from those mentors things that allowed me to scale my area of expertise Mm -hmm. by learning some slight things different that I didn't see from working with just one mentor. But for the audience, I would put it this way. If we go back to the OPHRO principle, the 80-20 rule, Mm -hmm. if you want to be successful as an entrepreneur and as a business owner, We need to flip that 80-20 and let's call it the 20-80 rule. You need to identify the 20% of things that you are best at, that you are really gifted at, and that really drive your passion. And you want to spend 80% of your time developing that 20% of your skill set so that you truly become a black belt master at that specific craft or trade or profession. Now, the other 20% of the time that remains, that's when you can broaden your general understanding of other things you need to know. But if you're going to be truly successful, you can't be the master, you know, the jack of all trades and the master of none. You've really got to spend 80% of your time on that 20% of your giftedness and hone that to master level, or you're never going to achieve your full potential. Uh, I, w- I was thinking about this um, actually last year when I was reviewing last year, you know, putting my plan for 2022. What I'm great at, I mean, not what I'm great, what I'm good at and what I love, 
are two things. I'm good at it and I love it. Speaking, you know, you give me a stage, I feel home. I feel at home. It's my place. It's my playground. And and people responded incredibly well to, to when I'm on stage. But because of the pandemic and other things, I actually took the foot off the accelerator from uh, the live speaking engagement, which is something that fills my soul. And it was the very first thing that got me into this industry. And so it was interesting how seeing how the external environments and the journey of the business over the 10 years that I've been running GTEx now, they steered me away from the very thing that I wanted to do and finding myself running things I was like, but I don't want to do what I'm doing. <laughs> so I, I want to go, go back on stage and I want to go back speaking because that's where my heart and soul is. And it doesn't mean that all the online part are not important. I'm glad I mastered them. I'm glad I developed them. But do they bring me joy? No. Do they bring me money? Yes, that money brings me joy. So I'm not discounting them. <laughs> I'm glad I've learned them. But at the same time, it moved them away from my course. I wanted to get back to that 20% of things that I'm natural at, I'm really good at, and I love developing because I love studying the art of speaking. I love developing the different things that I can do as a speaker. So I started learning some magic that I can bring into the stage. I started learning some musical instrument that I can bring on the presentation. So now it becomes an experience and that's what I love doing. And I found it very restrictive doing it online. So Thank you for mentioning it because it was very relevant to a thought process that I had at the end of last year. But now I want to, to know a bit more about your starting business because uh, so you, you, you raised through the rank of martial arts, developed this big passion of martial arts. And then when did business came along for you? You know, business actually came along for me while I was still pursuing the martial arts. Uh, my dad told me early on that sometimes you're vocation drives your passion mm. and martial arts cost money to train, cost money to learn, but yeah. I didn't have money. I couldn't train. So I had to go look at where am I going to take my skill set and begin to use that? Well, I started out, my uncle was a CPA. I started working, doing some work with him, learning how to do tax preparation, got intrigued with money, how money works and how to make money work for you. And I started speaking on stages and I started teaching financial success principles. And I began to work in that space for a number of years, had a number of other financial professionals that reached out. And without even knowing I was coaching and training and not even seeing that industry really come to fruition yet, I was coaching and training other financial professionals how to sell more effectively, how to communicate more effectively with their audience and learn to identify the problems people were dealing with. That became a passion for me in helping people understand that part of their business. I had a very big passion for leadership, and I was also teaching these individuals at the same time how to make good leadership choices so that they were leading themselves well and having an opportunity to make the choices that are going to drive them to the outcome they want for their lives. And then as different stages opened up, different opportunities to speak and train opened up, I found myself expanding the repertoire of what I was speaking, not only doing financial success, but doing personal success teaching people the skill set necessary to become that black belt leader of their own life and learning to live life with black belt excellence. From that and diving into human behavior intelligence, understanding how people think, how their brain processes, and what happens when we get under stress and distress allowed me to look at leadership from a completely different perspective and that we lead ourselves one way when things are going great, but when we don't hit our sales numbers 
or a new competitor opens up down the street or something else happens and we get under stress or distress, if we haven't learned how to make those good leadership choices, we end up stopping the effective leading of ourselves and we start taking ourselves on a detour that takes us to the world we don't want to go to. And we end up self-sabotaging our own lives by listening to the negative self-talk and the self-doubt that's constantly going on in our head, especially under stress and distress. Talking about self-doubts, self, um, uh, self uh, was there a particular moment uh, you can pick either in your business journey or martial art journey? that you were doubting yourself, you were almost ready to give up. You know, there are those moments when you're like, I'm done with this. I don't know if you ever had any, but I'm, I know that many people had, so I'm assuming you had one too. Mm-hmm. And where you had to apply a principle that you've learned through martial art that got you through that. So what was that moment and what was that principle that you applied? You know, there's several, but one comes to mind, and, and I talk about it in my book, Master Your Self-Confidence, uh, and it took me back as I was writing that book, uh, it took me back to something that happened early on in my career. Um, I was working one summer as an intern in a church doing sound engineering and television and uh, helping them with their equipment, and they brought an individual in. He was known as the Christian CPA. His name was Malcolm McGregor, and I had a chance to be his really... Uh, attache for the entire time he was with us. And I got a chance to pick his brain. I got a chance to talk to him about money and how money works and how to make money work for you. And he was on, you know, international television on the Trinity Broadcasting, or, yeah, uh, TBN or CBN, one of the, the major Christian networks. He was on their show all the time. And so here I'm being enamored with this guy that's, you know, a, a very famous person. And as we're sharing and I'm, I'm pouring my heart out, he came back to me as he was leaving and I was taking him to the airport and he turned and looked at me and he said, John, you've got something inside of you the world needs to hear and you need to get that voice out so people can hear it. And I looked at him and I said, Malcolm, how do I do that? He said, you need to write a book. I did and it changed the world. And so here I am 23 years of age and I'm looking at all of these incredible guys, you know, Malcolm McGregor, Ron Blue, Dave Ramsey was just getting started. And a lot of people that were really big names in that faith-based space of teaching biblical money management. And I'm looking at that and then just teaching to a general audience. And there was a number of other people. Who am I at 23 years of age to go write a book about money as a 23-year-old? Who's going to buy my book? Who's going to listen to me talk? I don't have within me what it takes to lead in that area. Mm. And I tossed and turned for three days, not sleeping. Because I kept hearing Malcolm, every time I closed my eyes, he'd say, write a book, write a book. And so I went and bought a computer I didn't know how to use to write a book I didn't know how to write, that wrote a book that I didn't know what was going to happen to it. Mm -hmm. And it just so happened my pastor knew some people at a publishing company, sent Mm -hmm. my manuscript to them. They published the book. Two Bible colleges picked up the book and the book literally went global. And I touched the world with a book I didn't know how to write, never leaving Arkansas and realizing that if there's something within you and there's a black belt leader in some area within you waiting to be discovered, developed and deployed, you just got to believe in yourself and you just got to go do it. Hey, hey, got me back to when, uh, like when I started, because I started speaking uh, at uh, 23 and that's also, I think I wrote uh, 
my first book at 24. And the reason why I did it, well, one, I like I felt someone said, right, it's a very similar journey. Like someone said, you know, just get your, get your things out. And of course, like all the self-doubts, it kicks in because it's like, who's going to hear from me? It's like, I'm 22, 23. Who's going to even pick it up? Who's going to believe me? Like I just become like a running joke. Like who do I think I am to, to be able to do that? But I think that the environment where you're in that conditions a lot of your results. Like one of the, the reasons why I've been able to grow businesses by the age of 30, I'm 33 now. And is because I started my business journey at 23, 22, 23. And I was hanging out with people that were in their 40s and 50s. Mm-hmm. And I was seeing what they were doing. Mm-hmm. They were all authors. They were all publishing books. They were all speaking. So my peers were already doing all the things I wanted to do. I wanted to do things that they were doing. And in that moment, I think like the environment where I was in and the peers that I had around me, then they shaped also my belief and confidence in to get it out there. And fortunately, they were very supportive. I had a very supporting peer group where they were pushing me to do things because they saw something in me that could go somewhere. Right. And... uh, and the thing that comment that you made and this last story made me reflect again on the importance of one, finding someone that can give you that push that can see what you, what you can't see in yourself yet. And then the other part is, uh, as you mentioned to have, if you have that voice, if you have that message to share, you share it because you never yeah. know what's going to, maybe, maybe no one is going to hear it, but what if, Someone is going to hear it. What if your entire life is going to change just because that person? That's right. Yeah. And, and my mom told me early on as I was writing this book and I was struggling with the self-doubt, I even went to my parents and I said, mm-hmm. you know, I've got this, this nagging voice inside of me telling me I've got to write this book, but who's going to read my book? I'm 23 years old. And my mom looked across the table as I was having lunch with them. And she said, if it only changes the life of one person, that's one person whose life will be better because you took what was in your head and you took what was in your heart and you shared it with someone that needed it. And that changed for me. If I, if I write a book and it sells one copy and that one copy changes the life of an individual, I did what I was put on this earth to do. And that's to change people's lives for the better. I I would love to move now the conversation to a a system that you use uh, that we did together um to understand human behavior and to understand people that's one of one of the most powerful things that that I actually have done considering the simplicity of it um, i know we there are a lot of personality tests behavioral tests you know you take an hour of questions and you get to quite an accurate results about who you are and what are your strengths what are your weaknesses how you're more likely to behave and then you one day during one of our session you, you came to me and said i just need three minutes <laughs> and that's it and i'm going you're going to understand more about yourself that probably understood in the past 30 years of your life i was like okay i'll, I'll take it i'll take it and it worked so tell me a bit more about that and how people can use it perfect that's a great question You know, one of the things I learned early on, Simone, was if I surround myself with people who are further along themselves on their journey than I am, I get a chance to follow and learn from their mistakes and their successes. And as a result of that, 
I get a chance to leapfrog my own ability to see success. One of those individuals was the founder of Real Life Management, which developed the proprietary assessment tool that you took, uh, Wayne Nance. And Wayne and I were actually speaking at the same event in Chicago. As I was going on to speak, I was speaking about leadership. And as I came off the stage, Wayne was coming behind me. And as I came off the stage, Wayne looked at me as he met me at the bottom of the stairs. He says, we need to talk. And then I heard Wayne get up and talk about human behavior and understanding human behavior in a way I'd never heard it before. And as he came off the stage, I ran up and I said, dude, we need to talk. talk. Yeah. And so we got together and we spent some time together and come to find out his assessment score, my assessment score were almost identical. It was like we were talking to ourselves and he shared with me his passion for changing the world. And real life management, folks listening can go to reallifemanagement.com and they can actually take the same three-minute assessment that you did. But the founder was in an earlier part of his life, he was obese. He was a financial planner who was on the verge of bankruptcy because he was spending money like mad trying to keep up with the Joneses and his relationships were in the toilet. So in an effort to fix himself, he discovered that millions and millions of people around the world are all dealing with the same issues. It's our attitude about life and the beliefs behind it, typically the limiting beliefs that hold us back, that influence our choices, which ultimately take us to the destiny that we don't want. And so in that three minutes, and any individual listening to this can go to reallifemanagement.com and take that survey, they can discover how they live real life. And if they want to get an expanded report that goes a little deeper, they can do that. But that tool is really designed to help people understand how they think how they process and prioritize information, their view of money, their view of relationships, their view of health and wellness, their view of their careers, their view of leadership, and how that changes under stress and distress and the things they can do to recognize that and mitigate that so they can ultimately create a better version of themselves in the process. And since 2007, when I got exposed, it's been an incredible part of my leadership journey And in November of this last year, I took the reins as president of Real Life Management and now have the privilege of leading that organization as we continue to expand and grow and bring on new coaches globally to teach this methodology. And I think you sent me a message like a couple of days ago that also there are there is a possibility to get certified as well in in real life management. So one of the things I will recommend everyone who is listening or watching to do, go to reallifemanagement.com, take the test. Because in particular, if you are already someone like me that, uh, yeah, you know, you can be maybe your first test that you have taken. But if it's someone like me, I took uh, 20, 25 different, pers- different personality and behavioral tests. I really love that, uh, that part and understanding more about myself because every time I learn something different or maybe I hear it in a different way. And what the one that I took with real life management, it brought to light and explained in a simpler way things that I've, that I've seen also in other tests, there was like a reconfirmation, but also new aspects that uh, while I was reflecting, they were absolutely true and I couldn't find anywhere else. Yeah. So make sure and you- the nice thing about it, it's three minutes. It's very simple. Yeah. We're between 92 and 94% accurate. We've done this for 30 years and it really gives you a perspective on how you live real life that's going to allow you to reshape your thinking and the corresponding actions to bring about a better outcome. Yeah. 
And, and if you're doing it, if you're taking it, you see the, 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 how impactful it is. And then you want to get certified also. There is the option to get certified. So make sure you reach out to John and uh, it definitely will point you in the right direction. Um, I want to wrap up now this, uh, this interview with um, um, going back to, um, to the martial arts. So we started martial arts, we moved into business. We are going back to martial arts. Hall of Fame. Not many people can say they've been two times inductees of the Hall of Fame. What does it really take to get to that level? What does it really take to get to that level? You know, the first induction I got was in 2008. It was in the United States Martial Arts Hall of Fame. And I was really surprised because it was one of those areas that I didn't anticipate that happening because it was one of those things that, yeah, I'm, I'm doing something, I'm making a difference, but am I really making a difference at that level? I'd spent the last 10 years prior to being inducted, traveling around the United States, going to Guatemala, going to the Caribbean, teaching predator awareness and rape and assault prevention to children and to women, two of the most vulnerable demographics in our society. I would teach kids anti-bully programs. I'd teach them to recognize uh, cyber bullies. I would teach them to recognize people that may want to take them and harm them in some way. And then the demographic of 18 to 27 is, is four or five times more likely to be sexually assaulted than any other demographic. And so speaking to that group, because I knew girls in college that had been raped and what it did to them, I wanted to be a, a spokesperson for that. And so that's what I was doing. And when that nomination came in, it was another one of those self-doubt moments. Am I really worthy of this? And my wife said, yes, you're making a difference. And she encouraged me to do that. And so that got me into the United States Martial Arts Hall of Fame, continued to do that, continued to serve the martial arts community at that point, continued to begin to teach leadership principles to martial arts school owners and instructors that was missing in their curriculum that they were teaching to their students. And the Masters Hall of Fame inducted me in 2016 as a result of me taking the reins of the United States Martial Arts Hall of Fame and using that as a platform to not just create good martial artists, but to learn to teach school owners how to create black belt leaders in life. Through this process, uh, what was your biggest lesson? Biggest lesson for me, there is no finish line to what you can do. Hmm. You have an opportunity every day to be a little bit better than you were the day before but it's our choice to have to do that. And one of the things I shared earlier, and I said it again, is that the thinking that got me to where I am today with the passions and dreams I still have, I've got to continue to develop the quality of my thinking to create the outcomes that I want to achieve the next goal and the next leg in the journey to climb to the top of the mountain. Yeah. And so for me, the big thing was don't quit. There's more to learn. There's more to do. Don't quit. There is more to learn. There is more to do. And I think that's a great message also for, you know, for everyone that maybe like they've been working and they've been, uh, uh, you know, cr working on their craft, working on their business, uh, working on uh, but things didn't click yet. Now, mm -hmm. is, is an, is it, you never know when is your time. You never know when is your moment. You stick with the journey. You keep improving and you keep learning and developing. Then uh, somehow... Some way, someday, something is going to happen 
but uh, as long as you have the heart in the right place, you're doing things to change the world and uh, yeah, you're doing the right things. So John, if someone has been an incredible interview in particular, because I had all these martial art questions that I wanted to ask you, <laughs> which we never had time during our implementation calls um, that uh, I got, I, I got to ask it. And it was fascinating to see the, not the, the parallels between martial arts and business, understand your journey, understand your drive as well. If someone wants to reach out to you, they want to know, learn more about how to become a black belt leader, leader or about life management, um, what, is a, what is the best way to reach out to you? Simone, the best way to do that would be to go to my website, beablackbeltleader.com. Who doesn't want to be a black belt leader? You know, I say, don't just be a leader, be a black belt leader. So nice. beablackbeltleader.com. They can go there. They can access my best-selling book, Black Belt Leadership 101. Uh, they can access a variety of trainings. Uh, we've got a number of courses they can purchase on the contact us page, all my social media contacts, uh, subscribe to my blog, subscribe to my newsletter. All those other resources are there. So beablackbeltleader.com will connect you with anything and everything Black Belt Leadership related. Ladies and gentlemen, beablackbeltleader.com. Make sure you check it out straight away. John, it has been a, a fascinating interview. Thank you for being here on the show. It's been an absolute pleasure to have you here. Simone, thank you for the invitation. I sure have enjoyed the opportunity to share with your audience, and you've asked some great questions. Thank you. Uh, thank you very much. And ladies and gentlemen, thank you for watching or listening. Um, if you enjoyed the episode, well, if you're still watching or listening, I'm assuming you have. So make sure you subscribe to the YouTube channel if you're watching on YouTube and or subscribe to your favorite podcasting platform if you're listening to this on the show, whether it's on Spotify or iTunes or any other podcasting platform. Remember that we go live and we have new episodes every week. So make sure you come back and check it out. And one request that I have from you, that if you enjoyed it, then leave us a five-star reviews. Uh, reviews are the life and blood of every show. They are good for the show. They are good for the guests. And also they are good for my ego. So <laughs> make sure, <laughs> sure you give us that five-star review. Really, really appreciate it. Having said that, I'll see you next time. And always remember that together we grow exponentially. Ciao. Thank you for listening to Explode Your Expert Business Show. If you enjoyed the interview, please subscribe to the show and leave us a review. Every week we will select a winner from the reviews that we get. So it might be you. Make sure you give us a review. It means the world to us and that's how we, you can help us grow the show. Also remember to download the Expert Business Checklist to get the roadmap on how to become an authority in your field. The link is in the show notes or you can visit gtex.events forward slash expert iPhone checklist. So it's gtex.events forward slash expert iPhone checklist. And as well, finally, if you want to receive daily support in your coaching and speaking business or explore how we can work together, join our private Facebook group, Explode Your Expert Biz. Again, you can find it on Facebook at Explode Your Expert Biz or the link is in the show notes. Thank you very much for listening and until next time, remember that together we grow exponentially.